This is Listen Albany, the Capital City's Cultural Heritage Podcast. Welcome to the Pearl Street Stroll, a guided walking tour of Albany, New York's historic Pearl Street. Albany is one of the oldest surviving European settlements, and since 1686, it remains the longest continuously chartered city in the United States. This episode offers just a glimpse of the capital city's long, rich history. For the duration of this podcast, your walk starts from the left side of Pearl Street, heading north towards Clinton Avenue. As you proceed, you'll hear about and see various architectural and historical attractions. Pause this podcast as needed to reach each stop. These sites are from as far back as the mid-17th century, after the time of the native Mohican tribe settlements in this area. When you hear the bell, you'll know to begin walking. The narrative will instruct you where to stop. Stay at this location until you hear the bell again. You may pause this podcast at any time to take a detour, soak in the sights, or stop for a bite at one of the many Pearl Street eateries. Have fun. We begin the stroll at the intersection of Hudson Ave and Pearl Street. This route is bookended by two great performance venues, the Times Union Center and the Palace Theater. Walk now until you reach Beaver Street. As you pass the Times Union Center, you'll note that this is Albany's largest public arena and can accommodate over 17,000 people for musical and sporting events. It opened in January 1990 under its original moniker, the Knickerbocker Arena, featuring Old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. Notable sellouts at the TU have included Luciano Pavarotti, Bruce Springsteen, and R.E.M., who, in 1995, filmed video footage for their song, Tongue. As you approach Beaver Street, try to imagine this area as a small fur-trading community. During the 1640s, Dutch settlers called this village Beverwijk, which, of course, means place of beavers. Pearl Street was what the Dutch used to call the Common Lane. Beverwijk was north of Fort Orange on the Hudson River in New Netherland, which was renamed Albany only after the English took control in 1664. Nearby stood the southern end of the historic stockade, a wall that encircled the village. Cows would be taken out each day towards the pastures, which were directly south of Pearl Street. That's why Albanians still call this neighborhood the Pastures. This was one of Albany's busiest neighborhoods in the 19th century. When you reach the corner of Beaver Street and Pearl, stop and take a look across the street for the building at 36 South Pearl. This was known as the Willem Van Sant House. This structure retains one of the oldest remnants of Dutch architecture in Albany. A wall featuring mouse-toothed brick, probably dating to the early 18th century, still stands to the south of the building. Over the course of nearly 300 years, this building was altered several times. It takes its current appearance from around the 1870s. Next stop, Norton Street and Pearl. As you continue walking north, take a minute to look up the narrow street on your right called Norton Street. 
Fans of Alexander Hamilton should note that his infamous foe and dual opponent, Aaron Burr, kept an office on the north side of Norton Street for 18 months until 1783, when he moved to New York City. Burr's building no longer stands, but it's interesting to think of Hamilton's nemesis strolling around the same streets as we do today. Now, it is believed that Pearl Street is named after Killian Van Rensselaer, an investor in the Dutch West India Company and the area's first patroon or landholder. Van Rensselaer, who purchased nearly 1,000 square miles from the Mohican tribe in 1630, was an Amsterdam pearl and diamond merchant. He established the colony of Rensselaerwijk on the land surrounding the area known as Fort Orange. Tenant farmers paid Van Rensselaer and his descendants an annual rent to farm the land. Next stop, Howard Street and Pearl. Howard Street was once known as Lutheran Street because of the presence of Albany's first Lutheran church and cemetery on the southwest corner of this intersection. North European Lutherans made up a small percentage of the residents of Fort Orange and later the village of Beverwijk in the middle of the 17th century. They were prohibited from holding public religious services because the Dutch Reformed Church was the established church of the new Netherland colony. As early as 1649, enough Lutherans were present to form a congregation in both Beverwijk and New Amsterdam, otherwise known as Manhattan. They had to wait until the English takeover of 1664 before they could hold public worship services and were able to build their first building at this location after 1670. Next stop, State Street and South Pearl. At the corner of State Street and South Pearl, you'll see two major thoroughfares in downtown Albany. Now one of the busiest intersections in Albany, it's hard to imagine the scene from centuries ago. Dirt and cobblestone streets were the main thoroughfares. Small wood frame houses stood where stark commercial buildings stand now. Look up the hill and see the New York State Capitol building, built from 1867 to 1875. Tours are available of this stunning building through the State Office of General Services. Now look down the hill to the Delaware and Hudson, or DNH building, which is now home to the State University of New York's System Administration. At various locations on and around State Street are signs of greatness and displays that highlight more unique points of historical interest in downtown Albany. To obtain a map of these sites and find out more, contact the Downtown Albany Business Improvement District website. As you remain standing on the corner of State and South Pearl Streets, think back and imagine cows parading past you. If you were a traveler visiting Beverwijk in the 1700s, your eyes and nose would likely have encountered another familiar barnyard creature, pigs. With no city garbage pickup, the early Dutch found a creative way of picking up excess waste. You guessed it, the pigs ate the garbage. You are standing at the approximate geographical center of the small village of Beverwijk mentioned earlier. For 300 years after the period of the Dutch settlement ended, 
it remained as the commercial center of Albany. At the southeastern corner of State and Pearl, Peter Schuyler, Albany's first mayor, made his home. His grandson, Revolutionary War General Philip Schuyler, was born there in 1732. This house, with its steep side-gabled roof, survived until the 1880s. Fun fact, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Robert Livingston, was born in a home at this intersection. While you are still standing at State and Pearl, look diagonally to the large red brick and sandstone building on the northeast corner. You'll notice its distinct columns and impressive height. In 1803, in the mostly residential block between North Pearl and James Street, a narrow street east of Pearl, the New York State Bank constructed a new building designed by the architect Philip Hooker, who was considered Albany's first architect. This federal-style building was modified in the 19th century, and in 1927, the New York State Bank, by then known as the State Bank of Albany, hired the Chicago architectural firm of Henry Ives Cobb to design a new headquarters. The small 1803 building was dismantled, modified, and incorporated into the multi-story building, which you can see elements of on the facade. Try to imagine the streetscapes of the 18th and 19th centuries. These images can actually be viewed in the watercolors of artist James Eights. His paintings are housed in the nearby Albany Institute of History and Art. Images can also be viewed on Historic Albany's website. Next stop, State Street in North Pearl. Please walk carefully across the busy intersection and stop at the other side of State Street in North Pearl. Albany has caught the eye of several Hollywood filmmakers. For instance, a 2010 film called The Other Guys, starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, had its major car chase scenes shot in and around Pearl Street. Familiar Albany street signs, including Pearl, were temporarily altered to reflect New York City signage. Luxury cars were racing up and down Pearl Street and narrowly navigating down its thin cross streets, including the tiny maiden lane you'll see ahead. As you stand at the corner of State Street and North Pearl, turn around and look for the former National Savings Bank at 90 State Street. Immediately west of this is the former City and County Savings Bank at 100 State Street. In 1901, architect Marcus T. Reynolds designed them as an eight-story fireproof building with a steel frame dressed in granite to serve as the bank's headquarters. It reigned as the tallest building in Albany until 1918, when it was surpassed by the tower of the D&H Railroad Office Building also designed by Reynolds. This building, now the SUNY System Administration Building, is the castle you see at the foot of State Street. Keep walking along North Pearl. Look across the street and stop in front of the tall building with the inscription Home Savings Bank at 11 North Pearl. Constructed in 1927, this beautiful skyscraper features incised carving typical of the Art Deco period. 
It is notable for its colorful images of explorers and Native Americans that decorate its upper stories. Immediately north of 11 North Pearl, you'll see a building with Roman numerals detailed at the top. In a time before shopping malls and big box stores, downtown Albany was alive with a variety of local merchants. This building was the former S.S. Kresge's, a popular five-and-dime retail store. Also on North Pearl were Woolworths and Grants, and these three five-and-dimes were the main retail attractions until the 1970s. Picture 25-cent turkey dinners, 25-cent lampshades, and chocolates for 10 cents a pound. In the same way that Albanians frequent eateries on Pearl Street today, the luncheonettes at the Five and Dimes were gathering places for many residents of the 40s, 50s, and 1960s. Proceed north to the front of the Ten Eyck Plaza sign. At the Ten Eyck Plaza bus stop, look down Maiden Lane east of North Pearl for a view of a narrow street that characterized the original stockade area of Albany. Although the earliest buildings were replaced many times over, the charm of these narrow lanes remains. The buildings north of Maiden Lane are typical 19th century commercial buildings. Next stop, Pine Street in Pearl. On the opposite side of the street, Albany's two best-known local department stores, Whitney's and Myers, once stood. In addition to the five-and-dime stores and before the popularity of shopping malls, Pearl Street was known for its department stores. Many of them were considered quite high-end. There were stores that showcased beautiful ladies' hats, for instance, which you could try on only if you were wearing white gloves. As consumers moved to the suburbs and relied more on shopping centers, downtown has shifted its economic driver from retail shopping to more restaurants, specialty shops, and residential properties. You can see the remains of Whitney's in the bracket and swag on the building on the northwest corner. 51 North Pearl Street, at the corner of Pine and Pearl, with six arch windows on the third floor, retains the only remaining full cast iron facade in Albany. Cast iron became a popular exterior building material in the middle of the 19th century. It was also used extensively in the Soho neighborhood of New York City and was the precursor of the modern skyscraper. On this building, you may notice at the very top the face of none other than our first president, George Washington. Next stop, Steuben Street and Pearl. Cross Pine Street and stop at the Steuben Pedestrian Street. We began the tour at the southern end of the stockade. This narrow lane at Steuben Street was the northern end. Look across the street at the large building at 59 North Pearl Street. This was the largest building on the block, featuring four floors and 15 windows. It was constructed around 1792 as a residential building when most commercial activity was on Market Street, now called Broadway. It was once the home of DeWitt Clinton, governor of New York State, 
and widely known for his staunch support of the Erie Canal. Of the five and dime stores mentioned earlier, this building was F.W. Woolworth's for most of the 20th century. The building at the northwest corner of North Pearl and Steuben was constructed in 1886 as Albany's first YMCA. Note the large, round-arched entrance to the former Y on the side of the building. It was designed by Albany architects Fuller and Wheeler, who later became national specialists in the planning of buildings for the YMCA. Its architectural style was heavily influenced by Henry Hobson Richardson, whose work in Albany includes part of the New York State Capitol and the Albany City Hall. Note the use of granite and brick for the walls, with carved sandstone trim that provides great visual interest to the building, including the base of the corner turret. This building is the reputed location of one of the earliest basketball games. The YMCA team from Springfield, Massachusetts, where the game was invented, played its first away game at the Albany facility in the early 1890s. After the YMC moved out of downtown Albany, this building was put to various commercial and office uses. Next stop, Columbia Street and Pearl. Notice the former Kenmore Hotel on your left, immediately adjacent to the former YMCA. The Kenmore Hotel was constructed in 1878 for Adam Blake, a wealthy and prominent African-American Albanian who was also the proprietor of Congress Hall, another popular hotel on Washington Avenue in Albany. Well-known Albany architects Ogden and Wright designed the Kenmore in a high Victorian Gothic style. They employed contrasting materials such as brick and stone gables with terracotta and iron balconies. The Kenmore remained a popular hotel in the World War II era and attracted nationally famous bands to the Rainbow Room nightclub. This hotspot hosted a young Frank Sinatra, Benny Goodman, the Dorsey Brothers, Cab Calloway, and was a favorite hideaway for Babe Ruth and the notorious gangster Legs Diamond. 79 North Pearl, the large and distinctive red brick building at the northeast corner of Columbia Street, was constructed in 1887. It was the home of Albany Business College. Like the Kenmore Hotel across the street, it was designed by prominent Albany architects Ogden and Wright. In the early 1970s, this building was threatened by demolition. Its rehabilitation was one of Albany's early historic preservation successes. Also notice B. Lodge and Company, affectionately known by locals simply as Lodges. It was established in 1867 by Barrington Lodge and his two sons. It is downtown Albany's oldest retail shop. Next stop, Orange Street and Pearl. As you continue walking, Capitol Repertory Theater will be on your right. The Rep, as it is affectionately known, is the first professional resident theater in Albany. The building was once the Grand Cash Market, an abandoned supermarket on Pearl Street. Local community members came together to renovate the structure. It has since been transformed to a 286-seat theater 
with a cafe and a costume-making shop. As you continue walking, stop in front of 110 Pearl, the building with the tall stained glass windows and grand columns across the street. This is First Church, designed by noted Albany architect Philip Hooker in 1797. This church has a remarkable history. Its congregation was formed in 1642, making it the second oldest congregation in the United States. This structure is the fourth building to house the congregation. Inside the church is the first pulpit in America, dating back to 1656 and imported from Holland. It was at this pulpit in 1804 that Presbyterian minister Knott gave his rousing speech condemning the practice of dueling in the United States, which had recently taken the life of founding father Alexander Hamilton. This speech was distributed across the state and was instrumental in outlawing dueling in New York State. First Church is also home to the oldest weathercock in the U.S., which is safely housed inside. But if you look up at the top of the church, you can see a replica of the rooster, complete with imitation bullet holes from when the bird was shot by an old Albany resident who was up to mischief. Also inside are beautiful Tiffany windows and the marked pew of Teddy Roosevelt, who attended the church during his tenure as New York State Governor. Feel free to circle around Clinton Square as you approach your final stop at Clinton Avenue. Clinton Square was named for Governor DeWitt Clinton, who we mentioned earlier in the tour. See if you can find a pink, federal-style building that was once the boyhood home of author Herman Melville. Melville lived here in the 1830s and attended the Albany Academy. While it's difficult to discern Albany's influence on Melville, there is a local legend that may have caught the ear of the young, budding author. On March 29, 1647, an employee of the Van Rensselaer Patroonship reported a strange occurrence on the Hudson River when a certain fish, which was estimated to be of considerable size, appeared. He was snow white, without fins, round of body, and blue water up out of his head, just like whales. Could this piece of Albany lore have made its way to young Melville's ears? It is appropriate that the last stop on the tour is at the Palace Theater. This is the location of the original north boundary of the city of Albany at what is now known as Clinton Avenue, but was originally called Patroon Street. It separated the city from the land of the patroon, Stephen Van Rensselaer. The line was set here in 1652, when Peter Stuyvesant settled the dispute between the patroon and the Dutch West India Company. Stuyvesant reputedly shot cannonballs from Fort Orange in three directions. He then declared the land within his cannon shots to be the village of Beverwijk, and the land outside these shots to be Van Rensselaer Colony. The Palace Theater opened in 1931 as a movie house of the RKO chain, featuring live vaudeville acts between feature films. It was designed by renowned theater architect John Eberson in an Austrian Baroque design. Many of the original features remain. In 2002, the marquee was renovated to replicate the original 1931 design, now with updated LED lights. 
It is home to Grammy Award-winning Albany Symphony Orchestra. And here we end our stroll. As mentioned earlier, Albany has a long and incredible history. We encourage you to explore all of our cultural heritage sites, including the Albany Institute of History and Art, the New York State Museum, and other historic homes in our city. This podcast was created for Historic Albany Foundation with the support from Albany County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Additional support was provided by city historian Tony Alpalka and the City of Albany's Office of Cultural Affairs. It is an initiative of Albany's Cultural Heritage and Tourism Partnership. Stay tuned for more installments of Listen Albany, the Capital City's Cultural Heritage Podcast. Thank you for listening.